This message was recorded at Vision Baptist Church in Alpharetta, Georgia. This is the next message in our series on the book of John, entitled, Jesus is God. Don't you praise the Lord that you serve a God who did pay your ransom, paid your sin debt, you're saved because of what he did on the cross of Calvary. Amen? Can't beat that. Take your Bible if you want to go with me to John chapter 8. Now, today's message is... uh, pretty straight. Um, probably one of the things I most dislike is preaching funerals. And uh, I really dislike preaching funerals for lost people for very obvious reasons, I think. Uh, you preach a lost man's funeral, you preach a funeral of a man that has no hope. A man who died and went to hell and will be there for eternity. We do believe in an eternal hell. If you believe that, say amen. We do believe that a person can die in their sins. It is amazing, and everybody in this room that's been in the ministry, and uh, that should include uh, all of us. You've been to the hospital. If you're a born-again Christian, you've probably been there when someone was dying. The family scurries about trying to get a preacher to come or a soul winner to come. They want special people praying. If they're going to die, somebody please help them hear the gospel, get the gospel, and know how to go to heaven when they die. Uh, We call for the preacher. I've been called in, rushed in at the last minute. Uh, Some people want last rites. What can you do to fix it? I'm fixing to see God. I have seen some very horrible funerals uh, have participated in some funerals that were horrible and we don't ever like to talk about that until you're at the funeral and it's too late at the funeral to talk about it i've seen them and i'm sure you have where they've tried to reach in and hug the person the cadaver and pull him or her out of the casket almost and people are rushing to stop it in peru i saw the most horrible bitter wails and crying as people would scream as their their, their dead uh, mother or brother or sister or father was stuffed into that niche and the side of that wall and the, and the cement began to go up and cover them. They died without hope. They died without hope. I can tell you I've also preached funerals where people were blessed because though they lost their loved one, they knew their loved one wasn't lost. They knew their loved one would one day be seen again. And they knew their loved one was in heaven. And so today, Jesus is talking to these people. And he's been telling them over and over and over who he is. And they have continually rejected the truth. They do not want to believe that Jesus is God. And so he says to them, you will die in your sins. You guys are going to die in your sins. I can't imagine a more horrific comment than that. You will die in your sins. Read with me if you would in John chapter 8. John chapter 8 if you would in verse 21. The Bible says, Then said Jesus again unto them, I go my way and you shall seek me and shall die in your sins. Underline that. Die in your sins. Whither I go you cannot come. Then if you would go down to verse 24. 
Verse 24, I said therefore unto you that you shall die in your sins. I said you shall die in your sins, for you believe not that I am he. Ye shall die in your sins. Three times from verse 21 to verse 24, the phrase is found, you shall die in your sins. You shall die in your sins. You shall die in your sins. I would like to go over today why they would die in their sins with you. And I would like two things to happen. Number one, if you are born again, I hope you will get ideas. You need to tell people about Jesus because people really do die in their sin and they really do go to hell. This isn't just a story we tell. This isn't just a religious belief we have, but there is life after death and no one stops living after death. Everybody lives somewhere after death. You'll either live in heaven or you'll live in hell, which is called death, but you will be forever. And I hope that you'll tell your friends about Jesus if you're saved. And if you're not saved and you're here this morning, I hope that you'll get a hold of the importance of this and place your faith in Christ. Number one reason they will die in their sins that he tells us is found in verse 12. Would you read verse 12 with me? Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. You know why people go to hell? Because they deny the light that God sent. They deny the light that God sent. God sent Jesus to a dark world. You know that when we sinned, when man sinned, when Adam and Eve sinned, they were separated from God. There's a great gulf between us and God. They were in the Garden of Eden. Sin entered into the world. They were cast out of the Garden of Eden. They were they left life and they went to death. And darkness descends upon the earth because Jesus is light and sin is darkness. And all of a sudden they're in darkness. In John chapter 1, Jesus comes into this world and he's the light of life. He comes into this world to bring light. First John chapter one, verse five, the Bible said, this then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Jesus is light. Jesus is the light of the world. He has come to this earth. He has come to bring light. He's come to bring life. He's come to bring salvation. He's been telling them over and over who he is. He has been reminding them of who he is. By the way, light is a, light's a, a clear indication of who he is. It's, it's, he's mentioned it in the past. In the Old Testament, you see the light. There's a, there's a pillar of fire. There's a cloud by day. Uh, Jesus is the light of the world. And we get to the new heaven and new earth. There'll be no need for a sun or a moon because Jesus is the light. Jesus is light. And what do people do to go to hell? How do you die in your sins? You reject Jesus. Jesus is the light of the world. You reject Jesus. And when you reject Jesus, you reject truth, you reject light, and you go to hell. Would you read the verse with me, verse 12? Would you look at it just a little bit more? John chapter, uh, John chapter 8 and verse 12. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light 
of life. Just two or three things real quickly about the verse that I wish you'd look at and I wish you'd think about. My first question is, do you know that you have light? Something happened. You were dark. Your heart was dark. Your conscience was dark. You realized you were without God. You realized you were way off from God. You realized you needed something and Jesus saved you and now you have light. Look at the verse. I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. How many of you can say, I know I have the light of life. Say amen. I mean, something shined inside of you. Something showed you you were a sinner. Something showed you you deserved to go to hell. Something showed you that you needed to be saved. You trusted Christ and your life moved from darkness to light. You have the light of the world. Amen. And the way we walk today, we walk in light. There's a difference in the way we walk. There's a difference in the way we think. There's a difference in our lifestyle. We have the light. We walk in the light because he is light. We love the light. We want to come to the light because Jesus is the light of the world. And we want to come to him. There's a clear mark of separation between light and darkness. There's a clear mark of separation between those who follow Jesus Christ and those who do not follow Jesus Christ. Second thing I want you to look at verse 13. You go to hell because you reject the light that God has given. You reject the light that God has given. Look, if you would at verse 13, the Bible says the Pharisees therefore said unto him, thou bearest record of thyself. Thy record is true. Jesus answered said to them, though I bear record of myself, yet my uh, they said his record is not true. Jesus said to them, though I bear record of myself, yet my record is true. For I know where I came from, whence I came, and whether I go. But you cannot tell whence I came and whether I go. You judge after the flesh. I judge no man. And yet if I judge, my judgment is true. For I am not alone, but I am the Father that sent me. It is also written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. I am the one that beareth witness of myself, and the Father that sent me beareth witness. Now watch what happens here. You know why you go to hell? You go to hell because you reject the light. You know why you go to hell? You go to hell because you reject truth. Jesus is truth. He came down and said, I am telling you the truth. I bear you record. I give you witness that there is a God in heaven and there is a way to fix things. And you're going to have to trust Jesus Christ. Now, those guys made judgment calls. Those guys said, in my opinion, the way I look at it, the way I see it, we judge according to what we know and we reject your judgment. Could I just stop and say to you today that in this room, there are a whole lot of opinions. And in this room, there would be people who would say, Lawson, I like you, but I'm not sure I see it the way you see it. And Austin, I think that all you're saying is true, but there's more to it than that. And Austin, it's not just believing in Jesus. And you'd say, I judge and I bear record. And Jesus said, well, let's get something straight. You don't like what I got to say. And you're against it. And you say, I don't have any witnesses. Well, I'm witness number one and my father's witness number two. But let's let me start off and make it real clear to you. You guys don't even know where I came from. And you don't know where I'm going. And you don't know who I am. But I do. I know where I came from. I came from my father. I know where I'm going. I'm going to my father. I know who I am. I am God in human flesh. And you need to trust me. You need to believe. Now, let me just say, in all my life teaching and preaching the gospel around the world, people are always like, well, I think that's true. And I, but in my opinion and the way I see it and the way I feel about it, do you know you don't go to heaven by the way you feel about it? 
Do you know that people are going to have to say, no, I'll just flat out accept it. Jesus is right and I'm wrong and I trust Jesus or people can't be saved. Amen. I'm going to hell. They're going to hell. You shall die in your sins. Why? You rejected the light. Why? Because you rejected the truth. You do what makes sense to you, but you've been ignoring Jesus Christ. He's been showing you miracles. He's been working in your life. And you have ignored him. Today, we have the word of God and the truth clearly stated. But people choose to ignore the Bible. And by the way, there's an out, uh, all out attack against the Bible. The Bible is, is a divisive book. The Bible is an old book. The Bible's out of fashion. The Bible's out of date. The Bible doesn't matter because people don't like what it says. But why do you die in your sins? You die in your sins because you reject light. Why do you die in your sins? You die in your sins because you reject truth. And Jesus is truth. Go with me to verse 19. You die in your sins, verse 19, because you don't know the Father through the Son. Verse 19. Then said they unto him, Where is thy Father? And Jesus answered, You neither know me nor my Father. If you had known me, If you had known me, you should have known my father also. These words spake Jesus in the treasury as he taught in the temple and no man laid hands on him for his hour was not come. I just want you to understand. Listen, you got to get this. All over the world, everybody believes in God, just about. I mean, you got some agnostics, you got some atheists, but see, we got Buddhists. They believe in God, and we got Islamic people, Muslim people, and they believe in God, and we got Christians, and they believe in God. But the real issue in the Bible doesn't come down to do you believe in God? I even hear some of you. You'll say stuff like, well, he's like, he believes in God. But let me explain to you. Jesus said, you can't know my father if you don't know me. The way to my father is to know me. The way to know God is to know Jesus. He said, you guys don't know me and you guys don't know my father. You have rejected. Now, that's a big insult. Look who he's talking to. He's talking to religious people. He's talking to religious people whose nation has been able to write 39 books of the Bible. He's talking to people that knew the Old Testament, that knew the law, that knew all these things, that knew all about Moses and Isaiah and Jeremiah and Lamentations and Ezekiel and Daniel and all the minor prophets. And they knew all about that. And Jesus looks at them and says, you guys don't know the father. And they're like, well, who's your father? He said, my father's the God of the Bible. My father's the God of the Old Testament. And if you don't know me, you don't know him. You know why the Jews were going to die and go to hell in this story? Because though they knew all about God, they did not understand that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the father but by him. You will die in your sins. You'll die in your sins because you reject the light. You'll die in your sins because you reject the truth. You'll die in your sins because you don't know the Father through the Son. Verse 21. And while you turn to verse 21, can I just remind you that a lot of Christians want to know Jesus through other means and other channels. People want to know Jesus or God. They want to know God through through saints. They want to know God through a church. They want to know God through the Holy Spirit. They want to know God through Mary. They come up all ways, but there's only one way to the Father. And that is through Jesus. Go to verse 21 if you would. John 8, 21. They will not believe that Jesus is God. Then said Jesus again unto them, I go my way and you shall seek me and shall die in your sins. Whether I go, you cannot come. They said, well, what are you going to do? Kill yourself? Verse 22, will he kill himself? And he said, whether I go, you cannot come. He said to them, you're from beneath and I'm from above. 
You're of this world and I am not of this world. I said therefore unto you that you shall die in your sins. For if you believe not that I am he, you shall die in your sins. Would you underline this? If you believe not that I am he, if you believe not that I am he, you shall die in your sins. There are eight chapters. Jesus has been saying this. John chapter 1 and verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. Not a thing's made without God. John chapter 1 verse 14, and the Word put on human flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory as the only begotten of the Father. We take a whole eight chapters, and Jesus has been saying, I'm God, I'm God, I'm God. I'm God. I'm God. I came down from heaven. I'm God. I paid the sin price. I'm God. And they refuse to believe that he is God. They mock him. They say they will kill him. And he says this. Let me explain something to you. He said, there is a very clear difference between you and me. I'm from above. You're from beneath. I'm from God and you're not. That's all I'm going to say to you for lost people today. I'm going to turn this to Christians. But I do wish you'd understand something. I I worry sometimes at our church that you don't understand that people really do go to hell. I worry sometimes that we've gotten comfortable in the fact that we prayed the prayer and our children prayed the prayer. and, And we think they're all born again. And we don't get a hold of this. People do die in their sins every day. And they need to hear the gospel message. And you should go out and tell them. if they, They've got to accept the light. They've got to accept the truth. They've got to believe that Jesus is, uh, Jesus is God. They've got to believe that the only way to God the Father is through Jesus. Are you telling people that? Are you sharing that with people? When you have discussions with them, do you just say, do you just say, what church do you go to? Did you get baptized? Do you talk to them about religious stuff or do you talk to them about Jesus? It is Jesus. In the southeast, everybody knows the language. Everybody knows how to talk about it. Everybody knows about Jesus and about his name and about receiving him. But they got to know this. You must believe Jesus is God or you can't go to heaven. You must believe not only that he was a historical figure, not only he was a good guy, but he is God. And we've got to share that gospel with other people. Now, I'd like to talk to you right quick about things that you as Christians ought to take action with if I could. I'd like to talk to you, and this is probably the part that you're most key in on, but I still think the passage talked about knowing that you will die in your sins. But I think the majority of you probably won't die in your sins. So what are some action steps you should take as you go home from these truths in this passage? Number one thing, would you write these things down? These are the things I really hope you'll take home as born-again believers. Number one, There is separation from sin, and that's a big part of our lives. Separation from sin ought to be a big part of our lives. It ought not come, listen to this, separation from sin ought not be something that's forced. It ought not be something that's arbitrary, and it ought not be something that's difficult. Because when you understand that he's from above and they're from beneath, when you understand that he is light and they are darkness, when you understand that those that are born again walk in light, separation ought to be a normal, natural part of your born-again life. Before I move on, let me just say this. If you don't find separation as normal, if you don't realize that there is something different about you, you should check up on your salvation. On August the 18th, 1973, I married Betty. Did you know that day was a separation day? 
Did you know that day was natural division in my life? You see, we look at that as, no, that wasn't division. That's the day you got a wife. That's the day you two became one. That's the day you chose Betty. That's the day Betty chose you. That's the day y'all got together. But did you know you don't get together with a woman without getting away from some other women? Say amen. I mean, when I walked in, you know, so do you take, do you take her and only her to be your lawfully wedded wife? I said, no, I got eight others I like. No, you know I didn't say that. You know nobody else says that. And by the way, if you really fall in love with somebody, you know, it never was difficult for me to walk down the street and say, no, no, it's all right, I'm taken. No, no, it's all right, I'm taken. Never was difficult for me. Betty accepted me. We got married. And it caused a natural division in my life. Everywhere I went from now, this is my wife. I am married to this woman. I live with this woman. This woman is my life now. She's the woman I look at. She's the woman I think about because I love Betty. You say, well, that's not how separation works. Every preacher I've ever heard talk about how negative it is. But let me explain something. When you fall in love with the light, you don't like darkness. When you fall in love with light, you don't like darkness. When you fall in love with light, you want to walk in the light because you got the light, because you know the light, because you're in the light. And light's different than darkness, and you choose light. Say amen. How many Christians in this room? I mean, see, the truth is you got saved. And if, let me, did you, listen to this. Do you know it ought not even be a hard thing or a strange thing that many of your actions changed? Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And if they know me, they walk in light. They don't walk in darkness. It wasn't a hard thing. It's an in love thing. It's an in love thing. Separation. There, light and darkness, this world and that world, believe in the record, not believe in the record, believe in Jesus as God, not believe in that Jesus is God. That's separation. By the way, we are to walk in the light because we have light. Let me give you some verses about that right quick. Romans chapter 13 and verse 12. It'll be here behind my head. Would you look at this verse? Romans 13, 12. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Paul wrote the Romans. He said, guys, we are saved. We belong to the light. The night is almost over. The the day is coming. Let's get rid of anything that belongs to the night. Let's put on the light. We walk in the light. What practices of darkness still abide in your life? Get rid of those. Get rid of those. Get to the point where your life is hid in Christ with God and you don't want the other life. John three nineteen through 21. Don't do things you're ashamed of. You walk in the light. Verse 19. And this is the condemnation that the light is coming to the world and men love darkness rather than light. Because their deeds were evil. They chose the darkness over the light because they did wrong stuff. They did things that weren't right. Verse 20. For everyone that doeth evil hates the light, neither comes to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they're wrought in God. Sneaky, dark back alleys. Country roads where no one is watching. Internet where you can look and no one can see what you're looking at. Everything we do, you know what? We don't want the light turned on. My wife and I once lived in a house that had a major roach infestation. Has anybody in this building ever lived in a house that had a roach infestation? Don't raise your hand because you'll be embarrassed. 
But you know, we could turn that light on. And when you turn that light on, there would be a gazillion roaches everywhere. But when you turn that light on, it was like two seconds until they all disappeared. And you wouldn't know there was a roach infestation. Because roaches like dark. Why do you? Roaches run from the light. Why do you run from light? Paul, Paul said, put away. John said the reason they do is they're different. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 5, verses 10 through 17. Separate from darkness. And anybody that practices darkness, you ought to separate from darkness and anyone who practices darkness. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 10, the Bible says, Proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. Proving what is acceptable unto the Lord and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it's a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest in the, by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore he said, awake thou that sleepest, arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding the will of the Lord. Would you understand, oh, John 9 and verse 10, look at this. You know what light is? What's acceptable to the Lord? Would I tell that joke if Jesus were here? If I were walking down the street with Jesus, what? Now, you know what? I'm guilty. This very week, the Lord convicted me. I said something, and as soon as I said it, I could feel the Holy Spirit say, if I'd have been there, you wouldn't have said that. And I was like, yes, sir, you're right. I wouldn't have, and I'm sorry I shouldn't have. Because light shines on us. Say amen. Light. Is it acceptable to the Lord? Would you underline in that verse, acceptable to the Lord? Did you know light, that's Jesus, that's the Lord? And did you know, here's the truth, it's not what's acceptable to Vision Baptist Church. And it's not acceptable what's, what's acceptable and fashionable to good Christian people. And it's not what's acceptable to, to, to other believers or to people in the Southeast. Every Christian ought to be saying this, what's acceptable to the Lord? What does Jesus like? What does Jesus like? like that's what i want to do so I, so if i'm a christian i want to do what's acceptable to him look at verse 11 did you look at verse 11 he said and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness he said there's stuff going on and you ought not have anything to do with it you ought not be friends with it you ought not have fellowship with it you ought not get involved in it that's it's not right there's no real fruit in it it's darkness and then he says something even harsher he said you should reprove it you should say, hey, that's not right. That's not what we ought to do. That's not where Christians ought to be. That's not pleasing to God. There ought to be a different. Well, we don't like that at all. We don't like that at all. He said, hey, what's except the Lord? Don't have fellowship. Reprove it. And then he said, sometimes it's embarrassing to even talk about what they do in secret. Jesus is light. We walk in light. We walk in light. Next one I would like you to look at is, he said, you judge after the flesh. And did you know we judge after the flesh? As born-again Christians, we often judge after the flesh. We make our decisions based on what mama told us, what daddy told us, what society told us, what our teachers told us, what we heard a preacher say. We make our decisions based on what man says, and that's judging after the flesh. But did you know as a born-again Christian, we don't want to judge after the flesh. We want to learn to judge biblically. Look, if you would, in your Bible, 
at chapter 8 and verse 15, you judge after the flesh, I judge no man. You judge after the flesh. We don't want to make decisions based on flesh. Oh, look this way just a second. Did you know all those guys that are rejecting Jesus, they're all doing what everybody else is doing. Do you realize those guys that are rejecting Jesus, they're doing what their grandparents would have done and their great-grandparents would have done. They're doing what their uncle would do and their aunt would do. They're doing what's acceptable to man in their day and time. But we can't judge like that. It's not about what's culturally accepted, but what's Christ accepted. It's not what's culturally accepted. It's what's Christ accepted. It's uh, don't make decisions based on physical senses. Don't judge people too easily and too quickly. That's the truth that ought to be learned as a Christian. Hey, they walk in the darkness. We walk in light. They judge by the flesh. We judge biblically. Next thing I wish you'd look at. He said, you guys won't go to heaven because you don't know the Father through the Son. I don't know if you ever struggle with this, but I want to know God. Do you want to know God? Is it hunger in your heart to know him? I was laying in the bed this morning, tired after the summit. We had a, 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 a pretty strong week and God really blessed. But sometimes I get emotionally worn out. And I was just laying there in the bed this morning and I was saying, God, I want to know you. I want to know you more than I've ever known you before. I want to walk closer to you. I want your power in my life. And I was saying, and, and you know what the whole, how do you know God? You know him by knowing Jesus. He's the way in. He's the way you know the Father. What's my Father look like? He looks just like Jesus. What's my Father feel like? He feels just like Jesus. What does He act like? He acts just like Jesus. I want to know Him. Look at chapter 8 and verse 19, if you would. Then said then Him, Where is your Father? Jesus answered, You neither know me nor my Father. If you had known me, you should have known my Father also. We can only know the Father through the Son. As believers, let's work at developing our relationship with the Son. Praying, studying, meditating, and communing with Him. Let's, let's know Him because it's Him. It's Jesus Christ, God come in the flesh. Read with me if you would, John eight twenty four. John eight twenty four. I said therefore unto you, you will die in your sins. For if you believe not that I am He, you will die in your sins. <laughs> Jesus is God. I go to the Father, he said in John chapter 14. Philip said, hey, if you just show us the Father, we'd be satisfied. And Jesus said, I have been so long time with you and you don't know who you're looking at. When you look at me, you're looking at the Father. When you see me, you see the Father. How often does Jesus come across your thoughts? How often do you consider what he's thinking? How often do you pray to him? How often do you look to him? How often do you meditate on him? How often do you realize he's the answer, Jesus? Last thing and I'm through. John chapter 8 and verse 23, if you would. John chapter 8 and verse 23. We need to realize there is a vast difference between them and us. There's a vast difference between them and us. Now listen, I'm going to tell you, well, love them. But we are so different. It's not a racial thing. It's not a national thing. It's not a social level thing. It's not an economic thing. We're different. We are different. I have a different destiny than they have. I'm going to go to heaven. I'm a different person. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. 
I am a different person. Look at what Jesus said in the verses. Man, focus on this. We're different. I just want to say that to you because I think sometimes you try to be comfortable with the wrong people and the wrong places and the wrong things. And you try to fit in where you're not supposed to fit in. You don't fit in there. You don't fit in there. It's not who you are. John chapter 8, verse 23. He said unto them, You are from beneath. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. Well, let me say something to you. I'm not of this world either. Let me say something to you. I do not want the same things, nor do I live for the same reasons that they do. I should always feel a little uncomfortable with this world and the way it thinks. And I'm going to say this to you. and This will make you mad at me. But let me tell you this. You fit in way too well. How can you fit in with fornicating and adultery? How can you fit in with pornography? How can you fit in with lying and cheating and stealing? How can you fit in with darkness? How can you fit in? We're not them. We're pilgrims and strangers. Do you have any idea what it's like? Let me tell you. I, I know what it's like to live on a foreign country, in a foreign country. I know what it's like to have to learn their language and never quite speak it as well as they do. I know what it's like to have to eat their food and never quite. It's never my food. Even though I lived there 18 or 19 years, it's never my food. Because I'm a stranger and a pilgrim. I may set up a house and I may put up my furniture, but it's not my place. That's not who I am. That's not where I'm from. You know what he said to us? He said, hey guys, you're strangers and you're pilgrims. I'm from above and you're from beneath. I'm out of this world. I am not of this world and you are. Well, by the way, this world is under the control of the devil. (laughs) By this world, this world is lost in darkness. And I'm living in light. There's a whole big difference. We'll always feel a tad strange around them. They don't want to talk about what we want to talk about. You have any idea what it must be like to be a Republican in a house full of Democrats? That Republican would be like, man, it's a little uncomfortable here. You have any idea what it'd be like to be a Democrat in a house full of Republicans? I'm not trying to pick one or the other. I'm just saying you'd be like, man, I don't like talking to these people. Everything I bring up, they want to fight about it. At my my wife's house, there's some Democrats and there's some Republicans. So by the way, if my mother-in-law, who's 90 years old, decides to make a comment about the president and she's a Republican right wing, I mean like, and my brother-in-law is like left wing, and I'm like, if one of them brings up, I'm like, peace. Let's talk about Jesus. He's not as controversial because they don't fit together. My mother-in-law said, I can't talk about politics. You know why? They don't fit together. How do you fit? How do you fit? (laughs) They get together and talk about how maybe another wife would do better than the wife you got now. I was married before and I got a divorce and my life got better. They get together and they talk about how it wouldn't hurt to do a little of this wrong or a little of that wrong and That's just not us. Jesus said, I'm the light. And if you know me, you walk in light and you have light. And boy, I know that doesn't make me popular. But I want to tell you something. We're weird. We don't fit in. We're a round peg in a square hole. We just don't fit in. Boy, you ought to be the preacher. 
Everybody in this room has ever been a preacher. You know what it's like. When you walk up, the whole conversation changes. Sometimes you're like, could y'all just relax? I'm just a person. And they're all like, no, you're not. No, you're not. Conversations change. Jokes change. Lives change. Everything changes. Let me just tell you this. That ought to be that way when you walk up. They ought to know. They ought to know. They ought to know that you are not from this world. They're from beneath and you're from above. They ought to know that you love Jesus. You don't have to be obnoxious about it. You shouldn't be. But they ought to know. Do they? Two things and it's over. You'll die in your sins if you don't know Jesus. And your friends are going to die in their sins. I'm telling you. Sooner or later you're going to go to one of those funerals. And you're going to know they died in their sins. And you can't pray them out of purgatory because there's no such thing found in the entire Bible. There's no purgatory to get out of. You die and you're gone forever to the place you spend eternity, heaven or hell. There's no other way. I wish you could pay the preacher to get them out, but you can't. They're going to die in their sins. Your family members, you are going to die in your sin. And a Christian, if you're not going to die in your sins and you are born again, let's live out who we are. Father in heaven, I love you and I praise you and I thank you for the chance to serve you. I pray that your name would be magnified and glorified. I pray you'd show your power in a real way. Save somebody today and help some Christians decide that we walk in the light because we are of the light and we have the light. Help us to walk in holiness. You have been listening to Austin Gardner, pastor of Vision Baptist Church. For contact information, location, service times, or more audio and video recordings, log on to www.visionbaptist.com.